0: To episode twenty-seven of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast, still ranking the discography of uh, Sheffield area band <laughs> <laughs> Rolo Tomassi. Um, yeah, so we covered um, Hysterics, Cosmology, and Estrella uh, in our first part, and we'll be doing Grievances, Time Will Die, Level Barrier, and Where Myth Becomes Memory. Here, it's a shame there album titles are uh, longer than their song titles
1: <laughs>
0: usually quite short song titles mm. um but um yes and then our usual top niche to the better top five at the end where we'll be doing our top five forgotten uk emo screamo and mathcore bands and our usual shout outs at the end so yeah grievances mm. um <laughs> this is yeah as we were talking about at the end of the first part there, like moving into a very different era of the band and it's the start of their, one of the iconic band producer relationships for me of um, Rola Tomasi and Lewis Johns. Um, You know, it's perfected later on, but the band producer dynamic here is absolutely fantastic. It's really one of those situations they're, they're, that
2: they kind of get each other in terms of what they want to do. At this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So
0: um yeah, like I mentioned, um on with Australia, um that came at a time when um when the British scene at large was in quite bad shape for people that are interested certainly for people who are interested in music like we are. Um but it was around this time where Rolo Tomasi started to pick up plaudits again Mm. from certain corners. Like, obviously, my consumption of the music media had changed drastically at this point. It had gone from Rock Sound and Kerrang! and uh, and websites to mostly... Well, yeah, still websites, but mostly podcasts. Um, And, like it was on grievances where people started to go, uh, going, Oh, Rona Tomasi. Um, like, uh, it was here that they seemed to be uh, picked back up on and, it. And, and like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> like, uh, I know I've ranked, I've certainly ranked cosmology
2: quite low. Australia's like somewhere around the middle for me, but they're still brilliant records. So I rem- I remember this being the one that you started really urging me to, Listen to them mm. again. I remember this one coming out, and you being like, "Chris, you need to listen to this album. You mm. will really, really like it." Kind of thing. Um,
0: I think it's because you'd um, <clears throat> you'd very much gone into um, your heavier side of <clears throat> things, and like, if you were to characterize this album by anything, it would be the release shortly before it of Death, Heaven, Sunbather.
2: Yes, that's a very, very good, good sound. point.
1: <laughs> a very good point.
2: <laughs> mm. Um, I, I mean to the point where I almost thought this might be your number one okay actually <laughs> where, where did it end was it number two in the end for you yeah yeah yeah. so still fucking
0: mm, a this yeah. record um, but um, in the interest of fairness because we have one man here who's uh, not behind this album what are your worst parts of this record?
3: Okay, first things first, this is a Rolo Tomassi album. There is a threshold for how bad it can get. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They have ranked this as the worst Rolo Tomassi album, and it is. But that's, that's just, let's not assume from That's that, within the context of Rolo Tomasi. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the worst moment of this song, so to, the worst moment of this album, to get into this podcast, I listened to every Rolo Tomasi song in chronological mm-hmm. order the first time when doing that that I switched off and had to restart a song because I was like oh sorry I was thinking about something else I stopped taking this in is Ram Duta okay second and song on this very song, early <laughs> uh, because I don't want to listen to Blackmail. <laughs> <But> listen <laughs> I mentioned in the previous episode right Rolo Tomasi were an amazing moment because they managed to do yeah. incredibly challenging undeniably heavy undeniably extreme music without having to conform to any of the traditional metal tropes, without having to be part of any of that. Mm. And then here, that's almost all we have. There are a couple of really cool moments on here, but almost all of this is an album for people who will buy Metal Hammer every
2: month. They they definitely there's a there is a there is a definite definite switch from the more kind of chaotic punk and that kind of side of things in the early days to the more like I don't think those first two albums especially you would you wouldn't class you wouldn't use the word metal in any context with those whereas these three Lewis Johns albums you definitely would Mm. And I do think that is that is the biggest change and shift. I do completely agree with that. Mm. For me, that plays into my <laughs> into my ballpark better, yeah. which again makes sense for what, what our difference is there. And and uh, R- Rom Deuter is that be how to yeah, say? Yeah. Um,
0: sorry, uh, sorry to, uh, just to pitch in here, um, I wondered if it's perhaps um, named after. Um, Ram, Ram Deuter literally um, translates translates into Space Finder okay. and it's uh, a fo- uh, position in German football
2: ah uh, okay
0: I think it might be named after it which is pretty cool for me yeah. they, they <laughs> do bloody love their football
2: <laughs> yeah. um, I was just going to say that that, that like epitomises that exact conversation that we've, we've been having the whole time of that difference and all that kind of thing is that, that you've, you've highlighted that as the first time you've okay. lost interest mm. and that's my best song on the album Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: It's not mine. Um, uh, my, my, my my big four here. Um, actually, before I go into that, just some general notes on this on One on this had album. your worst bit, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> well, no, that's... That, um, uh, I think it's the... Um, yeah, it was here that um, uh, the press and the media um, picked back up on, on, on Tomassi, but... Um, and Where the Fuck Were You? Worst song is... Um, Crystal Cascades. Um, it seems like a wasted opportunity after the gorgeous post rock intro, and it feels a bit like James Spence bragging about what a great composer
3: he is.
1: <laughs>
0: rather than an actual song.
1: Uh,
3: Struggle to argue it up. Um, I don't want it to.
2: <laughs> I get what you're saying. But. I quite like it. I quite like that it's something new that they haven't really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dabbled in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Taking uh, t- full advantage of the facilities available
0: at the branch. Yeah,
2: which I mean, sp- kind of plays into my, my worst thing about it. And I really, this is again, the point where I really struggle to actually find negative things to say, but um, the one that I've thought possibly is that is. Is this where certain tropes of theirs are becoming a slightly predictable, such as that post-rock style outro track? Mm. Things like that. Is is it starting to get, as much as they've changed a lot in their style, Are there, is their approach to certain things getting slightly formulaic?
1: That's fair. It's
2: I don't fair. know if I agree with that myself <laughs> or not, but that was the best thing I could come up with. Interesting. Okay in terms of the bigger picture of the whole album and structuring wise and, and things mm. yeah.
0: but. I, th- I think um, what's, um, what I love about um, the overall vibes, vibe of this album mm. is it's, it's their darkest record to date by, by, by far so far, and to, still today, is their darkest album. I, I would say
2: only just with When Myth Becomes Memory. I think that yeah. has, has quite a bit of darkness to it. But this is much more, I'd say, this is much more intensely dark this and emotional. It contains a lot of personal darkness because yeah. I think it came off the back of quite a, um, a
0: turbulent time in um, Eva Corman's um, personal life. Um, yeah, and um, I. I, I like you say, you, you 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 go for this is bad black metal. I go for um, I I I love that they're embracing the the darker side of them. I think that really works for them here. Um, I love the drumming here as well. Uh, powerhouse performance in places like um, there's a breakdown where it, uh, where uh, I can't remember which song at the top of my head where it goes some kind of weakness and it, it, like it's uh, like da 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 double peddling. At the, at, at the bottom end of the album, just, yeah, like, getting all my lovely drunk cliches
2: in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't I think any of
3: that. the release for this album was really cool.
0: Okay. Oh like, well, yes, this, this was the four tiny shows in London. Four tiny
3: shows in four days, what a week
0: to be alive,
3: except... Yeah. Well... Let's go through them all. Let's go through them all. Um, so day one was at Power Lunches. RIP Power Lunches, oh, forever yeah. in our hearts. Oh, oh. A horrible, little sweaty room. But oh, amazing, little it was room. amazing. This was in this was in the refurbed Power Lunches. So yep, they okay. No longer had the weird plants at the back, and they had mirrors <laughs> on all the walls. So that was nice. You could not move or breathe. And. It was a 40 minute set of mostly new songs so that worked in our favour because mostly people weren't moshing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thing is like oh uh,
3: yeah. uh, We're going to get to how good a song The Embers is don't you worry. I'm scr- <laughs> scrambling for good bits of this record don't you worry. Um I believe night two was at the waiting room. Was I? Yeah. I was there. Night two was at the waiting room with employed. In Stoke Newington,
0: by the way. Nice. Yeah. Can
3: you imagine, imagine where that show would be now? Would the lineup even be in that order now? No. But night two at the waiting room with employed, so supporting that was the real party time Mm -hmm. vibes. I distinctly remember just watching a row of drinks being smashed onto the floor during that (laughs) show. Uh, It yeah night so night free night free at the black heart mm-hmm. bastions supported for what was billed the day before as their final performance mm. but like nobody realized that yeah it yeah. was only like when you got there like, oh they're spitting up are they yeah oh no um so firstly let's just say welcome back bastions mm-hmm. um, i don't know how long this reunion will go on for but i know you're trying your best all the best wishes. I'll see you at Two Thousand Trees. <laughs> Hope you want to do more shows after. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that final Bastion set at the Black Heart. I'd really love to be able to tell you. uh it was a great summation of everything that band did. It. It was not. Mm. It was very upsetting. There was didn't not want to be there kind of thing. Anyone there because nobody seemed to realise. Mm. No. Um. Obviously, these were all four tiny sold out Rilo Tomasi sets. They were mm-hmm. great. The fourth... Oh, the fourth one is escaping me. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yes, so then they played at Rywax, the basement of the Boosie building.
0: Uh. With support
3: from his and hers, um, who... Would actually be an honourable mention in... No, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change while recording what my top five forgotten math bands are <laughs> to include His and Hers. A band so forgotten, I forgot to include them in my list. But you shouldn't forget His and Hers. They were great, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But yes, Rye Rats was a great little venue. Um, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, it's very easy to make a lot of jokes about the Busey building, and maybe it's justified. <laughs> there they are occasionally really cool and fun gigs there Mm -hmm. um i've only seen fat white family on the top floor but it was great (laughs) everything that i have ever been to in that basement room is amazing (laughs) it is a chaotic space i I might i've got a show to book somewhere in that area that i need to sell on monday i might send them an email
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um what are your best tracks here then mate
3: okay i'm gonna give you three okay um Third best is the closing track, Mm -hmm. All That Has Gone Before. Yep. I think this is a nice anchoring on this album where there are a lot of experiments. Yep. Um that's a nice way of putting this for this album. There's a lot of experiments in new tones. Yep. Yep. Um and this is a nice anchoring to what we know this band does. And if you've struggled through the first 40ish minutes of this Mm -hmm. you do get this like nice thing to go but you do at your heart love this band don't you? and it (laughs) is that moment of just kind of realisation yeah (laughs) do yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, then the second best is Stage Knives Stage Knives was a single that obviously got everyone quite excited for this record Mm -hmm. and it is great it is a great bit of songwriting and everything comes together in a really lovely way Mm -hmm. and the best track is The Embers the Embers is a really bizarre outlier on this album, and it's just mathcore party time <laughs> chorus with crazy synths that sound like a carnival. <laughs> it comes straight after the worst song on the record, so you don't even see it coming. And ah, oh, it's
2: just—I love Theo that we have the exact opposite best and worst songs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's nice that they show <laughs> off. Like yeah, I know we're trying some new bits, but don't worry, the bangers will always be <laughs> Like the embers is great. If I was making a massive party time set list it would be be certainly on there. So go on then Chris, but you
2: hate the embers. i I know whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh yeah, <laughs> else has done their worst bits yet. We don't we don't hate it. Okay. We don't hate it. But again it's that one for me that um after after the first kind of couple of minutes, I'm not so keen on where it goes again. It's where it starts to get a bit patchworky for me, okay. Um, extreme tops and changes without really giving each. I think it's more that each bit changes without giving each bit time to breathe mm-hmm. for me. It's kind of,
3: I ask once again, what has a
1: breakdown ever done to you? <laughs> I
2: did, I have then put it then gets really satisfying. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: So, was it's, it's that your worst song in the end? It is. Yeah. Uh,
2: but I mean, from that, you can tell, again, it's, it's an album where yeah. there aren't any songs I dislike. So, um, and Round dot is, Do- is your top. Um, <coughs> is. What, what else figures up there for you?
0: I'm uh, wondering if we've got similar.
2: I've got Funerial as my number three. Lovely. And Opalescence number two.
0: Yeah, Opalescence is my number two as well. Uh, my number four is the opener, Estranged, and funereal is my third favourite. Nice. Um Top, for me, is Stage Knives.
3: It's great cool. songwriting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So
3: you mentioned Death Heaven at the start of this. Mm. And I think at the time I was not really sure what I thought of them. I have now come mm. to realise that Sunbabe was a good album and yeah. Institute is a good album. And they're quite fun to watch live. Um, but actually I think that is a very noteworthy mm. influence on this because you do get a lot more of those black metal tones I,
2: I hadn't considered it at all and actually we did when we did the Death Heaven episode we talked about how influential the particularly was yeah. in making that blackened style a lot more popular and kind of trendy oh yeah um, and it can't be a coincidence that that's the direction a lot of bands including Rola Tomasi went more towards absolutely
0: as a result we uh i mean you're still seeing it now like um like yeah obviously we had um, employed to serve and uh, bastion supporting him and um, supporting them on on the t- on the initial Rural dates Rural. for this but not long after you'd have the likes of svalbard supporting Roland mm-hmm. tamasi and mm-hmm. death heaven and alcest walls in the throne room i mean basically made svalbard
3: Mm. I mean, yeah, Svalbard and Royal Tomasi have gradually been moving closer and closer together. Absolutely. Yeah, they almost sound the same now. But actually I'd say more more than just the obvious sonic aspect of it, Death Heaven were in a very similar position to that early Royal Tomasi phase, mm. whereby they were playing music that traditionally is difficult to get into mm. and mm. quite extreme and quite intense. but they were still getting the mainstream coverage and they were still Mm. getting attention from these places that you typically would go well that doesn't care about black metal at all
1: Mm.
3: I don't care about black metal at all either but there are certainly more ideas on Death Heaven than there are on say I'm just going to throw a name Baffery out there (laughs) Um, I just think there's an interesting parallel between two bands yeah yeah Mm. and Hey, maybe bringing those tones in is a way to explore what another band is doing that's at a very similar cultural point mm. to Rotomast. Yeah, um, I really
2: don't like Funereal.
3: I don't like. I don't dislike it as much as Ramdooter, but I really don't like Funerial.
2: Mm. Oh my god! Sorry.
1: <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, again, uh, again,
2: it's going to keep happening at this point, isn't yeah, it? That yeah. it's it's that difference in in what we're all getting out of the at,
0: it's, it, at this it, point. It, it, it's it's a band you love. Um, Doing something very different, more akin to something you're not really into, of course, it's yeah. not going to fit for you. But yeah. the
3: reason I would pair this with Astra is what we mentioned about pairing the albums. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear why you do. I think both of these albums see them experimenting and still trying to anchor themselves in a singular. Their, point. their, their DNA. They are. All these experiments on this mm. record, uh, with maybe a couple of exceptions, you can still relate mm. it to something from the early days.
2: Mm. So. I do think. I do think when I was listening back to Grievances, for this, that, 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 that it's there's still more of the actual mathcore and the actual sort of um, those more mathy riffs and stuff are still a lot more present here, I think, yeah. than on the later two.
3: The Embers is as good at being that sort of song mm. as anything on those first three albums. Mm. When they, when they do it, when they want to do it, they're still the best at it.
0: So now we move on to what I genuinely feel is a modern classic. And I think Chris
2: will well, agree. As, as I've said, my favorite. I, I mean, I looked back at my list. I made my top 40 list of albums from 2010 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um and there's some definite changes I would make even now, a couple yep. of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, same one I'm gonna mention later on and do a top five in actually. Um, <laughs> but um but this was my number one and, and it's still I was I was for a moment I was like, is it is it really and then listening through again a few times for this, I'm like yes. Yeah, yes yeah. it is. So I mean like all we've said about this band
0: before Um, is, I feel, perfected on Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It. It's this wonderful, unique, gifted band operating at the peak of their powers.
2: Um, Yeah, it's just... It it is, for me, an absolute masterpiece, but I can absolutely see why someone such as yourself, Theo, who was such a fan of their earlier stuff, Mm -hmm. would be... A lot less keen on this direction. Like you've got things like the opening of, um, well, kind of opening the with Aftermath. Yeah, yeah. It's such a risk. It's a pop song. Yeah. You know, it's it's such an accessible song. Yeah. Like to the point because that's um, uh, I mentioned her a lot, but Nikki, my girlfriend, who like most to Massi stuff, she had listened to for maybe thirty seconds ago. Yeah, I've had enough of that. <laughs> Aftermath is a song she genuinely has on on a playlist she listens to and, and enjoys you know yeah. that's that's the kind of the, mm. the difference I feel that that we're starting to get here is they are definitely leaning into a more accessible direction
3: so I think this is the best album in this style that they've done yeah. I put this yeah. third when we were doing yeah, yeah. Um, the way it starts is fucking stupid that, that, <laughs> in, that, that <laughs> intro <laughs> track is so fucking stupid oh my god as the band that like went, specifically wrote things to go against that whole trope and did such a great job on their first four records. That intro track is so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing, nothing in
1: there.
2: It, it sets you up to dislike this album what before I, it even begins. What I really like about it is it definitely gets to the point where it feels like you're going to have something massive come in after it and then it doesn't. Well, and I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It doesn't even flow into aftermath,
3: though. Like aftermath no. starts with something that doesn't even. But that's what I mean. That's what I like. What I, like. I feel like melody. that, in
2: its own way, is a, like a uh, nah, fuck off. No, you're not having it. Like
3: <laughs> now, I think there's a little. I I don't really agree with you. That aftermath <laughs> is even the first time they've done a more traditional pop song. Okay. I think it's very relatable to what we're hearing, like in. The yeah. electrosphere now, mm. but if you look at Oh Hello Ghost at the time, was that's rel- very true. That was relatable yeah, yeah. if you were listening to CSS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, again, it's an example of a band that can take elements of things yeah. that are happening in popular culturally and then apply them to a more heavy and interesting framework. Mm. And, you know, whatever I have to say about this album or the next one, I will say Row Tomasi are usually the best at what they do.
2: Yeah, I, I think a big part of what. that links into what you just said there about it kind of them being very good at um dipping into what's going on around at the time again that's that in Mm. this interview that I read yesterday it's something else that that, that they say is something that they ultimately consciously try and make sure they're doing is Mm. reflecting in their own music the kind of thing that they're listening to and enjoying at the time yeah um so I think that helps with no matter how much their style changes and, and who knows where they're going to go next. Mm. I think you what you always get coming through is that sense of um, uh, sincerity and that kind of, they, you can tell they're making music they want to be making, whether it's for you or not or or for, for whatever. I, I do feel like they're making music that they want to make mm. and that comes through. If mm. you had a band, if I think it's not a cynical, the fact that they've gone more towards Arguably more simplistic in places, arrangements, and more accessible themes in certain in certain ways. I don't feel like they've done that cynically to become more popular or anything like that. Mm. I do agree with what you said earlier, that it does mean that it plays to a certain crowd and a certain audience much yes. more. I but, do agree. But I don't think that's necessarily a deliberate, cynical move. Oh no,
3: I don't think there's anything cynical about this, but that's... We'll get, we'll get on to this on the next one yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay obviously I've now revealed what my worst moment is um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go with your worst moments before I then talk about what's really good about Shall this we album. should we get lows out of the way yeah, yeah okay yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> try anyway <laughs> oh gosh choosing a worst song on this record, yeah. record was um, yeah like choosing my <laughs> least favourite Child, I don't have any of those.
2: So. <laughs> well, so, so just as difficult then. Least favourite pasta shape. <laughs> oh, hang on. Sorry, let we just those take a moment. L- 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 little... Through the lack of having children, you decided the next most important thing you have to choose between is pasta shapes.
3: <laughs> I back this, but the answer to that is really easy because it's those baby fusilli. How
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. horrible.
0: Anyway.
3: Um, <coughs> whispers in the Dark.
0: You're still brilliant, but it's the most like something with her before, both on. within your do you discography.
2: Whisp- do you mean Whispers Among Us or Balancing the Dark? Um, yeah, I mean whisp- Whispers Among Us. I've got the same one for exactly the same reason it sounds like. Um, yeah, most like something with her before, both
0: within your discography and outside of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. As in other bands. Yes. Yeah, I've got the same one for exactly the same reasons, basically. Uh, not to say I don't still love it. Mm-hmm.
3: But. The Um, middle four songs of this album Oh my god Make the case for Rolo Tomasi's New Direction Mm perfectly They are the best examples of what they are doing now Mm -hmm. And Personally don't like that they end every set on The Flood of Light now But There's no denying that it makes logical sense Yep
2: Um, I mean I will just quickly jump in and say That is my highlight of the album Is that outro for a flood of light it's still when we saw them in Brighton in November I ended up blubbing I still like it still doesn't matter how many Mm. times I hear it I ended up making my notes for this while I was on the train home from my mum's yesterday I was stood stranded at Epsom Station because I missed the train uh, (laughs) and I was stood on my own on a cold platform in Epsom Mm. with that song and it still made me have a lumpy throat like it always does it there's something magical about that outro I
3: think a hollow, The Hollow Hour mm-hmm. is on the level of bands like The Saddest Landscape. Or nice. Great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Those kind of epic streamer bands. Yeah, let's like become a tea. F- when yeah. they were good, yes. Well, um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That's a conversation we'll for another day. We'll um, be keeping fans. <laughs> um, you want not so much, but... <laughs> But no, that so they they've covered epic Streamo. They've done yeah. their own style of the epic song, and then in sandwiched in between these, you've mm-hmm. just got two really good rock songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, did the first time. to Mass use an album title as a hook. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, I've
0: got, <laughs> <coughs> I've got um, my uh, my note for that as uh, remember that that uh, bit in uh, Family Guy. They said the name of the movie. <laughs>
3: <Yay>! <laughs> and, I saw them at Oval Space quite recently. I yep. forget if it's this episode With or the last episode. With Pupil
0: already mentioned. Slicer and the um, homies, Harriet.
1: Harriet. Also the homies. Yes. Um,
3: <laughs> the best moment of the set was Alma Mater. Mm. Like, just comfortably the best bit of the whole show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, these, this meal section of this album is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it, but you're right. Those middle four are are Mm. untouchable. Yeah, absolutely. As a a, a run.
0: Well, I'd (laughs) extend that to to Rituals as well. So, I mean, I'm just going to go through my best song section because it's half the album. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Rituals was the single that came out before the album did, wasn't it? Yes. Now, that was cool. That got me back... It didn't make... I wouldn't put it in the same level of quality as those four but it mm-hmm. did kind of make me go yeah 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 okay I was a little bit disappointed with the last one but I'm on board let's go yeah, let's yeah. go it's a good song so um, so yeah f- uh, four for me
0: is Aftermath just uh, a, a, a just mm-hmm. um, a, a shout out to that song it's great but what you uh, what you said about you're waiting for something massive to come in after Towards Dawn mm-hmm. it does come in with ding, later
1: ding, ding, the rituals yeah, ding. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, uh, so rituals I had, had to um, put in with my uh, four way joint third position, <laughs> which is. <What>? um
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed.
0: <laughs> it, it's not, but rituals slash the hollow hour slash ballads in the dark slash alma mater.
3: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, like. I'd extend it to... I'd extend it to a five. I, I appreciate Rituals isn't quite the quality level of those other four. Um, but I, and and, I, and I, but I also had to separate A Flood of Light out on its own. Not only for that wonderful intro, uh, outro, I've got an, an outro that's better on here, personally, but also for that breakdown, which is character... So Luke Morton, who is now the um, editor for Kerrang! magazine, mm-hmm. Um, said of um, the breakdown and the flood of light uh, something that I like to now characterise my music taste out as it's the sound of a house being thrown through another house
3: (laughs) (laughs) fair enough (laughs)
0: Um, but yeah that's ended up second for me to my favourite Rollo Tomasi song which is Contre Tempe
2: which is my third favourite
0: yeah that outro where it um, builds up with the far, the drumming getting faster and faster mm-hmm. and um, those Blade Runner synths mm-hmm. coming back in and it building and blossoming and exploding. It's like one of my favourite bits of music ever. Like, I just absolutely adore it. Like, yeah, Flood of Light, that outro is incredible, but Contra Tom just
2: absolutely takes takes it for me. Just I think what the the, the thing about brilliant. I think it's kind of in the middle section maybe but like it's they somehow with that song um, managed to do something that is in equal parts crushing mm. and euphoric. I think that's what a lot of this album does, and that, that song is the peak of it for me. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay, so <laughs> just because
3: of that combination of words you now have to hear me explain yeah. my music taste as a whole so crushing and euphoric is almost exactly what's fun about early Row to Massey, but mm-hmm. also yep. played on triple speed
2: yeah 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 <laughs>
3: I get what you're saying but I think without that without that extra sense of jubilation from the pace of it all. Mm. It's
2: I find it so much harder to you, chip you're into missing it would do you think you're missing the fun? Is I, that
3: part of it? Well like I I can get the joy and I can get the crush. But uh,
2: Yeah yeah yeah.
0: Like I, th- I, I I I think I think it comes from like I wouldn't I wouldn't say this album is dour or austere or, or anything but yeah it's not it's not as frantic, uh, frantic as it used to be it used to be. it's leaning more into post-metal which I know is a genre that Chris and I love and you're not the biggest fan of like oh, yeah. crushing and euphoric yes is, is, is the right words but like uh, right words to describe this but like my favourite type of crushing and euphoric is what I get from stuff like Isis and Eurosis and Converge mm-hmm and it's like yeah uh, Russian Circles Cult of Luna that sort of thing and um, that's what that's, that's the world they're, they're delving into here and it, I'm absolutely fucking here for it 2000% yeah. so
3: <laughs> I mean I, so I said previously I think to Tomasi are the 8th best band that exists <laughs> um, my favourite band of all time is Melt Banana mm-hmm. now Melt Banana are a combination of J-pop production and electronics mm-hmm. with Grind Pop Mm-hmm. And they have that combination of utter joy, but with frenzied intensity yeah. and speed and chaos. And I think, I think that intensity is an important component.
2: Yeah, it's definitely that's definitely the thing that that by this point has gone is that mm. frantic kind of. Uh, don't even know. I can't find the word. I know exactly what you're getting at. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that, well, in, that energy. Problem, I suppose. Well, right? I, mean, I mean, I mean, there is a word
0: for it, but it's a problematic word that some people have used in the past to describe that kind of music. So, mm,
2: okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think this record makes the best case for mm. that shift, and I think mm. this is this is a good album. Mm.
2: There you go.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, and, uh, so I suppose, if you just say so, well, I suppose we are.
2: All, that's something we're all in agreement with is that this is the highlight of this era of Tomassi, mm. this 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 if you want to call it the trilogy like they do or if you want to do it mm. whatever like this
3: oh if they, if it's out of these three albums not even a question no.
0: is there anything we haven't covered from anyone have we done your best Theo it's
3: those middle four songs fine, fine um the only thing that I think might be interesting to point out is this marks the first Rolo Tomasi album where they didn't release a single song between records okay uh, I
2: didn't know that okay
0: so it's all save for this,
3: yeah. Like, I think that's I think that's what we're going to get from now on. And we're mm. only going to get full album. They're putting won't. all the
2: efforts into crafting that, that thing, and yeah. I guess that is part of the
3: the shift into this new process. Uh, well, and also, as sa- difficult we're getting together. Well, of course, because, well yeah, of course, um, because
0: yeah, because 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 Eva now lives um, lives in America.
3: Well, not at this time.
2: I'm recording. This no, time, no, sure, but um, I think. Um, the only other thing that we've not... So, my, my, my favourite track in the end is um, Hollow Hour. Hollow Hour? Yeah. I thought it's was Flood of Light. No, Flood of Light outro is my best moment. Right. But I think Hollow Hour as a song, I yeah. prefer just because I think it has fucking everything. Yeah, it does. Basically. Mm-hmm. It does. Um uh, The only other thing that I, we've not mentioned is the fact that this album is like Return of the King and that it has three endings. <laughs> I think, I Flood, think of Light, Flood, of Flood of Light Tomp could be an album yeah. ender. Yeah, I yeah. think Flood of... could be an album ender. And then Reason is a brilliant ending to the album as well. So. Yeah.
3: yeah. I think Flood of Light, by being as good at ending the best bit of the album, detracts from the other potential Yeah. That's yeah. what I would say, yeah. I think. I wouldn't change the order because it makes it really good. Yes. But I think the the rest of the record, the fact that it keeps going kind of does suffer. Not dissimilar to Return of the King, I suppose. you go. Oh. <laughs> you're,
2: you're just about to get out of your seat and yeah. Oh <laughs> No, no, I
0: mean I, you're making Lord of the Rings metaphors one of my favourite movies on a podcast about one of my favourite bands. I'm oh. yeah here for it. Two thousand percent so we move on now and it's almost a shame we have to cover this after <laughs> spaffing our loads on uh,
2: hey look you two speak for yourselves
0: time will die and love will bury it um, I don't hate this by any, men- by, uh, by any measure but um, it's, it's new and I'm not used to it yet and that, that's yeah um, that, my true opinion won't be really revealed until I see a lot of this live because I haven't yet I wasn't at that overspace Space show um but yeah where myth because memory ended up fifth for me because i think this you 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 start to see it on grievances i think here for me is where Rolo was starting to sound a bit generic
2: yeah i i my my worst thing about it is that i've put have they maybe lost what made them so unique yeah um I've also said, though, is that just that they've been so influential within this type, type of music? That's true. How much of it is them sounding like everyone else? How much of it is everyone else sounding a bit more like them? Like, yeah, yeah. It's difficult to kind of definitely know, I suppose. but Yeah, for sure. Um, but, they, but there's no denying that that they, they aren't as obviously unique a band as they were. Mm. But I do think they are still out there on their own in other ways for me. I think the most
0: disappointing point of th- this album is on tracks like "Cloaked" and Prescience, They're going into almost gent territory, and I, I
3: was, thought exactly the same thing when "Cloaked" was the single.
0: Yeah, it's I, I was kind of
2: over that in 2013. It, I wouldn't. Know, I don't know if I'd go that far. Sounds like Tesseract, right, man? <laughs> Doesn't it I don't know if I'd go that far, but it definitely. It doesn't hit the same emotional highs as the previous album mm. did for mm. me, and it might again. It's you know we've only had this album with us for what's it been like two months? Yeah. Um, and again, I know I keep mentioning it, but this interview that I read last night, like another point they made, they 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 are very aware they're deliberately writing albums to be sat with, you know, that mm. are supposed to mm. develop with you for a bit, but but. I do, I do know already at this point. I can't, I just cannot. There's nothing within it, no tracks or moments within it that I think are ever gonna um, mean as much to me or connect with me in the same way that a lot of moments of Time Will Die do. Yeah, I
3: think you're. Right. I think that <clears throat> presents a very um, dangerous is the wrong word, but it's the one I'm going to use. I think that presents a very dangerous idea of this mm. conflict, where you can either make an album that's meant to be sit with sitting with you or you can make an album that you'll get instantly. I don't really think that's true at all no it's almost um. a, it,
2: it, it's almost a bit of a cop out like, in some ways I suppose I don't feel like I know enough about
3: this record yet mm. to give you a top three no. songs or really to apart from my reaction when I first heard that first single mm-hmm. to give you a proper worst moment but I think bands like Show Me The Body or bands like Mark Banana or bands like Early Road to Massey are able to produce things that have hooks and the idea of a banger and the idea mm-hmm. of something that you innocently get and you innocently know why you like it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't limit its depth. Yes.
2: Yeah. I
3: don't... I I think that's just a fallacy. I think you'll hear that fallacy from a lot of critics. For yeah, sure. I get what you're saying. But just just because it's... 10 minutes long and you won't hear everything for a year or two (laughs) doesn't actually make
2: it A better or B inherently interesting Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think the one the one track and it is my best track at this point the one track that I did get that immediate excitement from when I heard it was Drip mm. when they put when they put that one out before the album that was one of those where I put it on and was just ear to ear grinning while I was listening to it, kind of thing. Um, a lot of that is the intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: very
3: good live. I yeah. Yeah, watched yeah. this show. I was frustrated that we only got songs from the last two records. Mm. But moments from this were very good to watch live. They und- undeniably delivered incredibly well. I think um,
0: another problem I have with this record is it like like you were saying with the early stuff. They've had they'd have like five or six ideas per track. This feels more segmented, which is yeah, a sensible option if you wanna um carry on expanding your sound. But it almost feels like here's the heavy one, here's
2: the dream poppy one, here's the heavy one, here's the dream poppy 100%, one. One hundred percent. One hundred percent agree with that. I agree I agree, but I also think that was deliberate and I kind of like that. Okay. Um, not not to say could, I would want Because you can pick and choose For playlists and stuff Well no not not for that I just think a, a, as a journey As a whole album I think it works And it gives okay. it its own um, It gives it its own flavour Its own identity To the other albums mm. I think it's what makes it different To the, the previous two With Lewis Johns that they've done I think this one has a lot more space But somehow a lot more int- intimacy as well
0: yeah. Um, what, what, what what you're saying about space is interesting because I I, um, mm. I said earlier um, I love the spacey vibes in Australia and, and like a lot of people have been comparing comparing this one to Australia.
2: Okay, I don't I don't mean spacey, as I in really understand that myself. Okay, I don't bit. mean I I mean literally space, as in All right. as in it's not it's not cluttered in any way apart mm. from you've but then you've got you've got songs like Drip and things like that where they're very intense for a mm. burst of amount of time. Yeah. But then you've got a lot of space around those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like, like for example, the the piano bits that you got, which you can, I kind of feel like are probably similar to what you thought about the whole. Or look at what a good a composer I am. Um, I really like that you can still hear the like the clicking of the keys. And yeah. Things. I think yeah, that the, kind of, that's really, what I'm getting out with the
0: intimacy and stuff. That I feel really like dry sound. Yeah. At the end of um, you're ring and start a stumbling. So I just pitch in that. Um, uh, just the piano at the start of stumbling really reminds me of the uh, Donny Darko soundtrack.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Michael Andrews.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs>
3: um, that's almost exactly my problem. Is that you? Instead of having awkward analog synths, that mm-hmm. you'd have to you'd have to play this because it's something you can easily transport to every show. yeah. yeah it does yeah. sound a bit retro, but whatever. We now have incredibly well produced, incredibly well played keys on what i assume is if i don't know what passes for a proper piano in 2022 but <laughs> like on yeah. top of the range equipment and, all yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. and almost this is a very very well crafted album. this is a very well crafted album with not really any limitations except for self-imposed ones mm. and it's i would argue that it's a a lot more difficult to be creative under those circumstances when you haven't got anything to work around. And B often produces things that sound the same because mm-hmm. if there's plenty of people who are also working with low limitations. There's loads of well-produced records. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I no, I suppose that's the same point I was making about that uniqueness kind of going a little yeah. bit because, like you say, I suppose, yeah, it's, it's something that gets talked about a lot, isn't it? The more the more limitations you have the more that's going to dictate sure. where you can go and, and make yeah 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 no, that's a good point um,
0: one last <laughs> best part to mention um, uh, I, I really like the interplay between um, James and Eva on To Resist Forgetting
2: I think that's really cool it's my um, it's, it's my worst track overall is it but um, again not uh, the not I found it tricky to choose the worst track at this point again yeah, yeah, yeah. not knowing the album as well as the yeah. well yeah. I've,
0: others. I've, um, I've in the end gone for um, Labyrinthine as okay. my worst track it, oh, um, okay. I uh, like by their lofty modern, modern standards um, for me anyway Theo <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I find this one quite boring
2: okay
3: um, okay so I as I said I think i put Cloak because is my worst track just because it kind of the initial impression it gave me of this album was like, oh my God, they're going 10 out. <laughs> Yeah. And I wasn't that, I wasn't completely right, but I wasn't that wrong. Mm. Um, I, I'm i not listening to this enough to give a real yeah. idea of a worst track. Mm-hmm. My favorite track on here is Labyrinthine.
0: Ah,
1: I okay. I think
3: it kicks some energy into this mm-hmm. record that otherwise is just Fair. almost not there at all. Okay. Yeah, it and does. It needs those moments. I think it's good to show, it's good for them to keep anchoring something to have a Rolo Tomasi still can do this Yeah. aspect. It's, the guitar tone is really weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't listen to other bands that were putting out something yeah. that sounded like that. But I think the songcraft and the energy all works together to produce something that I still want to listen to. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I think it's interesting just quickly to mention that I've been trying to work out where there's like the the bit in cloak where you're saying Jen and you're kind of saying something like tech that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. The, the, the comparison I made that I thought it sounded really really similar to was Melancholia Hymns era Arcane Roots. Okay. Which I suppose there's, you know, there's yeah, crossover. That makes there.
3: perfect sense to me. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
2: there's, there's a lot of crossover there and actually I think, I, I think actually that album in Arcane Roots in the context of Arcane Roots output is very similar to this album in, in yeah. terms of Rolo's output.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Are
3: they still together?
0: No. no it's no. a bit of a while ago, unfortunately. Um my best songs here um are yeah, um I only had two in the end, drips my second and then top is closer.
2: Uh nice, okay. I think Close is one that's not properly clicked with me yet. I remember them performing mm-hmm. it in Brighton when we went to see them mm-hmm. and being really impressed with it. Again, one uh, f- mostly for the like, I think actually uh, even still at this point, I think it was still quite a brave thing to have a song that doesn't have any kind of really heavy or mm. loud bit in it. Yeah. It kind of approaches it, but not quite to the point where maybe you'd expect it to go.
3: They've done that loads of times.
2: I don't. I don't know. Not quite in that way. I don't like even aftermath. I think.
3: Mesmeriser, an apology to the universe.
2: But that yeah, but that's not a song, is it?
3: Ah, oh, uh, <laughs> That I mean, mesmeriser is definitely yeah, yes. Um,
2: <laughs> um yeah. I, I more mean just that kind of that whole pop sensibility. Like that's it's a it's. A, that the piano is basically a dance track mm. in Closer right? yeah. yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got almost always as my number 3 the opener, I think it's a really cool opener I, know, I think it reminded me of Oh Hello Ghost in terms of the style of opener that it is in that kind mm-hmm. of thing but I can see how maybe it might go on a bit too long doing some of the things it does for some yeah. people uh, and The End of Eternity is my number 2 cool. which is the Closer uh, yeah, I just think, I think, I do think it's, I've put it in my number two almost because I know that's where it's going to end up for me. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not quite there for me actually yet, mm-hmm. but I can tell there's enough in there that I'm going to grow into. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. All right.
3: Lovely. Um, so yeah, what a band? Yeah, I think whatever, whatever <laughs> we've said, whatever criticism that was... That we've had to throw in here. Yeah, I think we can. Um, we can certainly agree this is an incredibly interesting project that has been putting challenging, creative music in all corners of the press. Yeah, mm. like, and it is. It's been very interesting to watch the different crowds move mm. through this band. Yeah, and. You know, I'm glad Roberto Massi insists. Yeah.
2: I think that's. I mean, I think that's testament to what is good about them, isn't it? Is the fact that the three of us have come together to talk for a couple of hours about this band because we all love them, mm. and yet we've had so many vast disagreements about what we love about <laughs> them. But that, but that shows what is special about them. Yeah, you know, they they've got all these different facets and these different appeals to them.
3: I was chatting to someone after that Oval Space show, and I what I said was, I think they're always the best at what they do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's, I mean, that's a better point, better summary than than anything else we could say. I think that yeah. Yeah. the best there is, the best there
1: <laughs> was, <laughs> best there <ever> will be. <laughs> I don't
3: know what that was a reference to, but good, yes. Bret Hart. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but good, yes. <laughs> Oh. So, um,
0: we move on to our Nietzsche the better top five on Forgotten UK emo, Screamo, and Mathcore bands because Rollo Tomasi is still around so they're not forgotten, but they play with uh, probably a lot of the, the bands we'll mention. Uh, so yeah, hit that jingle
1: Chris. The
0: So yes, our Niche of the Better top five on uh, Forgotten, UK, Emo, Screamo and Mathcore bands. Um, Little look behind the curtain, we had to stop our recording on Saturday so we've reconvened uh, a couple of days later because A, Theo had to get off and B... um, the football kicked out shortly after we stopped recording, and would have been far too noisy. There were flares and everything, but uh, yeah, this um, this is this is really fun looking into this. Um, I've got a honourable mention section. Theo, do you have any uh, that you're particularly bubbling under for you that you wanted to give a shout out to? Uh,
3: I've got two. Yeah, yeah I have it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've got a fair few actually. So <laughs> fair, fair bit more than two. Um, um okay. But yeah, do, 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 do you want to do yours? Yeah, all right.
3: I'll go first. So you may have heard earlier on in this podcast, I actually swapped in his and hers to my list <laughs> yes, because I yeah, remembered yeah, them in yeah. the middle of talking about the Reload's massive shows. Uh, I swapped them in over Bonehouse, who I think it is important to remember mm. that Bonehouse did have a couple of bangers. Um, Mm-hmm. I'd love to have a song that has all the fun rhythmic variations of Minnesota, and um, the way that they use each individual member's voice and kind of kick into f- almost three different miniature pieces that are about a minute and a half long each is a really cool. amazing bit of songcraft. And um, I kind of mm-hmm. makes me wish that the other members of Grey Market were up for doing vocals so we could come up with something <laughs> quite as impressive as that. Um. And the other one would be a band called Human Hands.
0: Oh, yeah, I Um, I remember that. They
3: were incredibly progressive and they had a... What I'm going to describe as quite a niche vocal style, I guess. The only thing you could really Mm -hmm. compare it to is... A band I've heard since then, who are significantly more famous, is The Body. Um, Oh, cool. And they both got that kind of almost wailing rather than actually delivering anything coherent thing in common. Um, I once saw Human Hands play in Power lunches. Yes, that's the second dimension for that legendary basement (laughs) in dolston in the same episode. And it was sparsely attended, to say the least, but it was really... (laughs) It was quite strikingly raw that you did really feel like as you watched this man just rip his guitar off in the closing notes and stroll through the crowd wailing. Like it was almost closer to performance art than it was to listening to actual songs. I don't know how easily <laughs> consumable it would be on the record, but it really was quite a unique project. Hmm. Were they um
0: were they Norwich based?
3: Yes, Leo. yes they were.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a couple of shout outs for the Norwich scene <laughs> in my <laughs> honorable mentions.
2: As as I said, I can't remember if I've said this while we've been recording or not, but I've definitely said to, to Ollie and I think Theo before we did it, like uh, that my approach to this has basically been to scratch the barrel of my memory for anything that I could think of, then actively go looking for things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in the meantime make notes of bands to check out that you two go on about. Uh, so that's two on my list already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lovely stuff. Um, do you, do you, do you want to drop some of yours then, Chris?
2: I mean, I I came up with an overall list, including my top five of ten. Theo, mm. uh, I, I was just saying to Ollie before we started recording, uh i had to go with the approach of down with genre pedantry otherwise i'd be absolutely screwed that's fair enough so got, go for it <laughs> so i've got i've got i've got bands that i think you could say are some kind of crossover with what we're talking about <laughs> uh, some that are definitely be part of it but um uh, uh yeah so outside of my top five uh one that i hadn't listened to before but i had heard the name and so I actually listened to in prep for this uh and quite liked what i could find it was actually really difficult to find everything uh, was um, The Murder of Rosa Luxemburg. Yeah, I've got them too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did we say we're not picking particularly songs, are we? We're just going with...
0: Well, it's, it's up to you if, there, if there's anything you
2: wanted to particularly shout out. Ju- just from my kind of initial listen through that I quite like. Is, um, there's Now, I'm all right in thinking Secret Bark Language was like the last... EP they did, possibly? I can't 2004. It, it was a confu- basically on certain streaming things and stuff. It seems to be confused, and it's having that down as the artist and the murder of Lo- uh, Rosa Luxemburg as the title of the oh, project. Oh, right, but Looking okay. it up elsewhere, it's that that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all of that, basically, was really good. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Much more kind of chilled stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like, yeah. They kind of predate our uh, Massey, but we're obviously there was some um sort of crossover in terms of time uh, timelines and undoubtedly an influence mm. and um I know it's uh, this band are kind of persona gr- non grata these days but it was nice um like when murder rose and luxembourg were around it's nice to have a sort of british equivalent of daughters uh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. very mm. similar sort of sound to the very early daughters stuff um yeah go this, this is my uh, i've got sort of s- certain segments um, to my honorable mentions list, so. Um,
2: oh, he's ha- having a field day with this one.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the, the, these bands all kind of predate Rona Tomasi, but again, there's a bit of crossover. So Murder Rosa Luxembourg, uh, yeah, but also Trencher, um, The Chronicles of Adam West, Glaswegian, um, uh, heavy as fuck, Mathcore, <laughs> like very sort of. Jane Doe, You Found Me Era, Converge-esque, um, November Coming Fire. Um, there's, there, I think it's only full length, Dungeness, I think, was way ahead of its time. Like I know, it was, I
2: know the name of the, of the band. I can't remember yeah, yeah, if that
0: yeah. or not uh, um, Like not. Um, I think Dungeness got kind of ignored at the time, but had it come out a few years later, I think it would have been rightly appreciated for the, the kind of sounds that... It predated um, Johnny and
3: Sorry, just to bop in. Sorry, go for it. They're a funny one because they kept on playing sporadic little shows. So even I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they played Electric Ballroom, supporting yeah, yeah. Gallows, playing Great Britain.
0: <laughs> yeah, Which yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> at that show.
3: But they also played reflux. they, they,
0: they yeah, and, and, and they headlined a T-Don fest at the Underworld, yeah, when those existed. Oh. Um, and, um, and yeah, sort of stretch, stretching these um, genre boundaries. This um, Johnny Truant were more of a metalcore band. I was
2: going to say, I had Johnny Truant on my initial shortlist, and they're one of the ones who I genuinely, like, actively just remembered. Mm. Um, I thought I might be put down for them being too metalcore. Mm. So I didn't have them on my final.: list. I think
0: early stuff, yes, later stuff, they went a lot more progressive and interesting yeah. than um, like they didn't do the Southern thing that every time I die were doing, mm-hmm. like every other,
3: yeah. <laughs> were they worry the about. They had the album with the eye on
0: it: Yes, right, in the library of horrific events, yeah, great record. I
3: remember I, my mom wouldn't let me go see architects of them supporting. And then I read the because review. Because they had the... Just because it was right. like a school night. And then I read the review in Kerrang yeah, yeah. next week and it was five stars for Johnny Truant and three for Archive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And I was like, mom. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I never saw them. And then, obviously, yeah. Architects uh, not a good band, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on Chris Have you got a couple
0: more uh, for us
2: One that might be On a similar line to that I suppose Let's mm. see what you think um, Eden Main
0: Yep Great um, band
2: I think That first Kind of EP Kind of thing is, mm. is Probably better than anything else In my opinion I like I like um, the album The I album li- They went more experimental Didn't they Yeah they More kind of proggy Which like, I, I really like But mm. there's something uh, Yeah Something nicely Kind of feral About that mm. EP Yeah um, the Treachery Pact, that's what it's called yeah. Yes,
0: yes, great stuff um, Again, that
2: was one that I actually remembered I was quite impressed with my <laughs> <book>. <laughs>
0: um, So this is kind of the uh, UK Swell segment to my uh, okay. um, to my shout out So um, yeah, the UK Swell scene was like kind of a in-joke between a few sort of similar sounding hardcore bands um, around sort of the early 2010s um, But um, and yeah, like if you're listening to this, you probably remember half of these bands. So Forgotten is stretching it a bit. (laughs) Um, But there's, there's there's some, a few people might not um, sort of immediately recognize here. So I've got down uh, dark shaft, which was like a two piece, um, two Kiwis that had like a, a year's visa to come and live in the UK. And they formed this band uh, called Dark Shaft and like played a few scintillating, brilliant shows. And then, disappeared fucked off back to New Zealand but, to be heard
3: from again well no that's not quite true because they got a replacement drummer and did a few shows like it was like dart shaft I can't remember what word they threw in after it to, 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 to oh, know it right. wasn't real but I went to a few of those, yeah. it was still it was still fun oh cool <laughs> Okay, fair enough. It, I didn't know about. They those. were fun because they added they added a bit of variation because otherwise the shows around that time were starting to get a little stale. But they had that little extra, they were extra bit of rock and roll. That would
1: just you <laughs> up in the middle
0: <laughs> of the lineup. It was great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, got got, uh, got uh, Keraback down. Um, great band. I think they've come up before on this podcast. Um, Crocus, a uh, screamo band from Cornwall um one of them ended up in bastions oh, nice. um yeah um their full length whose um whose uh, name i can't recall is really our memories really dress me stuff. in a dead lust thank you very much theo <laughs> good lad very good record. and um northeast based um hardcore mob uh Lavochkin. Um, okay, I will uh, uh, we'll always remember them. My, uh, my old flatmate Sam put them on at the cricketers in Kingston, and um, got told that the bar staff came running upstairs. Um, Could you stop stomping on the floor, please? Cracks are starting to appear in the ceiling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, what what year was that?
0: Uh, 2012, 13 probably oh, Okay,
2: not that long before they stopped putting gigs on uh, Yeah <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> There's a link there probably I
3: wasn't planning on going that heavy Otherwise I certainly would have included The Vojkin in mine as well as i right. Out um, Obviously we have to Just make a note of Tragically RIP to the vocalist of I Out But those were both
1: uh. in a
3: very Awkward time in UK Grindcore where it was like do we slow down and we might get a lot more popular or do we just play as heavy and as fast as we actually want to.
1: But I think those were the
3: main two bands that kind of managed to capture the moment perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend everyone to check out Geist, which is the new super group of both of those bands. I believe oh, there's cool. even someone from Beecher in that band as well, but nice. don't, don't, tell me I'm wrong if you fact check that because sorry uh, but yeah um, <laughs> get into Geist, keep a few days in October free, there's a really good tour that will happen then and yeah Ooh, fantastic,
0: <laughs> great stuff <laughs> um, j- 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 just to close out this sort of mini segment um, Veil vale, was mentioned on the podcast before, great bands um, Chloe, a magnetic, magnetic front person live, much in the vein of Eva Corman um, good time boys as well uh, shout out for them and um, yeah I mentioned Decimals way up at the top of the podcast that was Alex Penny's first band after mm-hmm. quitting the automatic but obviously Good Time Boys came after and were and were great and um, we came out like Tigers um, Liverpool based sort of post-metally screamo band um, but um, also a, a, a shout out kind of uh, uh, who are still active um a few of them are now in the band Dawn Raid.
3: Yeah. Well, it's literally just them without the bassist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like if you're, if you want to get into black metal, but are put off by all the Nazism, this is <laughs> the anti that, the anti that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Dawn Raid are fucking brilliant.
3: Yeah. Until I heard Wolf Bastard, I thought the only good black metal band was Dawn Raid. <laughs> 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 um, but we came out like tigers Were. Better, I miss I miss okay. the real screamer. Mm.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good then, Chris.
2: Uh, I've got a few more. So, there's one in my mentions which I won't say because I'm 99% sure that one of you is going to have it at least in your top uh, in in your mentions. Still to come away from not in the top five. Um One I discovered through going through old uh rock sound CD. Track lists on Discogs. Thank you, Discogs, because mm-hmm. all mine are packed in a box somewhere in Mum's garage. Um, a band called Mahumodo. Oh, yes. Uh, who. That's yeah, a while ago. I, I listened to. Yeah, I had, <laughs> yeah, so this is like 2003 was the album. Uh, was it al- I can't remember now if it's an album or like uh EP or something, but Waves mm. was the one that's, that I really liked. That's like. EP, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd never heard them before and I was listening to it going, how have I never heard this before? Yeah, because so. It's, all a bit of me.
0: So half of them became star shells, and the other yeah. half became devil Soldier his soul. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. I didn't know the devil sold his soul bit. I knew that half of them went on to, to be star shells.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of a screamo section. Obviously, I had Crocus and the UK as well, um swell bit, but um, uh, Battle of Wolf three five nine, everyone's favourite Star Trek referencing <laughs> um, Scram's band, absolutely brilliant group. Yeah, fucking loved Battle of Wolf. Then they went on um, to become they did, yes, yes.
3: The Forgotten Heroes uh, Warcraft of UK referencing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, K- uh, K- uh, Kaddish, Dundee-based um, Screamo bands, again, excellent. Um, pushing our um, sort of genre boundaries here, but Areogram had sort of Screamo elements to their music. Uh, more of a post-rock band, really, but um, just always worth a shout-out for them because two of them went on to be in churches.
2: Yeah, and just generally, I feel like if we're talking about forgotten UK bands, I feel like they don't get enough kind of, uh, I don't know, they don't get talked about enough, Mm. basically. I think they were incredible.
0: Yeah, and and mentioned uh, the Norwich scene when uh, Human Hands came up. Shout-outs here
3: for um, Cassus and Jackals, Mm. both really great bands. God, Jackals was so much fun. Yeah, I want, I want once saw sure. a show by them where someone had to run outside and be sick from washing too hard. Um, <laughs>
0: that is goals.
2: Uh, that yeah. is
3: absolute
0: goals. <laughs> Chris, any more for any more?
2: Uh, just one more. So this was the first that I, of my kind of new discoveries that went down on my list because I thought the first thing that I would do to try and find some ideas and jog my memory or just find new things was to go through... Uh, list of old Rolo Tomasi gigs and line ups mm. that they were part of. Yeah. And just see if there's anything there that kind of looked interesting. So one of the one of the ones from two thousand eight that I found um was the Miramar disaster. Yeah, great band. Again, no idea how I'd never heard these guys yeah, before because yeah, yeah. wow. Uh I chose control or to delete as the song if we were going to choose songs and then as I was looking through rock sound C D s turned out that was on a rock sound C D yep. <laughs> so there we go. Um yeah. Yep. Um,
3: cool. Sorry, just in the interest okay, uh, of
2: keeping up, shouting out
3: people's new projects. Um, yeah. We just mentioned Battle of War 359 and Lich, and their new project is Savage Realm. Uh, okay. Very cool, black and grind. Play a show. Lovely. Once exactly when the moon and stars align, and usually in Germany. <laughs> but every now and then you'll get the opportunity, and it's always worth going along. Um,
1: yeah. Lovely. <laughs>
0: Cool. Um, I, I've got uh, that's okay. I've got I, I've got a few more um, couple here that reflect our original aim for this top five. <laughs> so they're um we we're originally based off the fact that they're called Rolando Massi, and that's a quote from La. As a character from LA Confidential*. We're going to do our top five songs containing movie quotes or characters. Um, but um, Carson Wells is Woody Harrelson's character in *No Country for Old Men*. Okay. Um, uh, Aberdeen-based emo band, and um there's Charlotte Light and Dark as well. Uh, Croydon-based emo band, which is the book written about Melanie Griffith's character in Six Feet Under. Such <laughs> um, <laughs> a tenuous link. I love it. Um blackfish as well again pushing our genre boundaries a bit but i'd argue there's a bit a fair bit of math core in there um well wisher as well great bands and um excellent in their cover form as well weezer you yeah and
3: you just remind me of them when you mentioned carson wells i was about to add a last minute honorable mention but they i love their songs i feel like i love their songs more than they did because they just started doing Mel Weezer
0: sets only and never playing her own songs again towards them. I was like, but you're so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one final shout for. Um, so we um, um, this, this came as we were recording the podcast on Saturday. So um, Liam from Svalbard, who we mentioned earlier, used to be in a Mathcore band called Burning Skies, who were uh, fantastic. Really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So, what's your number five then, Theo, please?
3: Uh, It's His and Hers. Lovely. Um, Any particular song you want to go for? Oh, yeah. Any Crescent Can Be a Father, I Want to Be a Champion. It's just so (laughs) screaming. It's so (laughs) In a time when everyone was kind of getting into obviously also Disgrace now Narwhals, and you were starting to get funny little pop-punk openers on every heavy show. You had yeah. his and hers come through and they'd lull you into a full sense of security by being like quite pretty thin men from Brighton in their colourful shirts and then they would play a couple of nice melodies to start the song and then it would just be pure math chaos. It, it, <laughs> was like, it It's like somehow a combination of like Weezer meets Dillinger but obviously not as heavy but just... Wow. It was so wild and it was so, I hate the word, but it was super sassy and just wrapped itself yeah. around you. I think they put out about nine songs in total, but it mm-hmm. really was a, a unique combination of just that fun energy and party time mm. mathcore vibes that yeah, is very much missing yeah. from, well, just very much missing now. <laughs> Um, yeah. oh, that's, that's the band that they kind of remind me of is Dan and An Aproid but Heavier.
1: Okay. That's it. Nice. But okay. cool. It's funny yeah.
3: because I I actually bumped into Caspian at fucked up last week. And again, mm. like the band the band members barely even remember they were in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it's it's an amazing
3: thing of these underground these underground acts where watching a set can mean more at the time to you because you've had to go and find this place and Sure mm. calculate everything about getting to the show than it actually does to the people
2: playing sometimes. <laughs>
0: um, yes. So your your number five, Chris, please?
2: Uh my number five is um members of Crows Unrun's previous act. Okay. Uh called uh Ravachor, I think. Yes. How you say it? Um, again, I'd never listened to them before. Mm-hmm. Really, really loved it. Yeah, um, the kind of yeah, the kind of screamer, and the kind of stuff that I that just doesn't, There doesn't really seem to be very much that I can find of in the UK at the moment. Yeah, because that'd be looking backwards, I suppose. <laughs> but I miss it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. A,
2: it was, yeah, really enjoyed. I'd go Sale, sell, sold as my song choice. Just lovely as a as a quick. Kind of. I think, I've, I think I, I'd I, I agree I think with that,
3: actually. Yeah.
0: One of them did end up in the aforementioned Narwhals.
3: Oh, Ravichol.
0: Really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were originally Cornwall-based before they moved to Brighton and uh-huh. uh, contained former members of Ravachol and Rasputin, who, mm. who were also really good.
1: Okay.
3: Um, my number five... I I didn't mention a reunion in 2020. Oh, <laughs> right, uh, okay. Sadly lost to the virus. <laughs> You never,
1: never know, it
3: might
0: happen anyway. But. I can't remember I can't remember if I um if I actually mentioned them in my honorable mention section. But um yeah, I'll give a shout out anyway because uh yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it much in this podcast, but I used to write for various websites and uh mostly un um unconstructed rants. <laughs> about shit bands. Um, But I I did give a couple of nice reviews. So um, two bands that I gave five out of five album reviews. Mm. Um, The only one of my shout outs, but Let's Talk Daggers is Fantastic Contraption. Mm. Bloody great record. And my number five is off Crash of Rhinos, Knots and its Standards and Practices. Um, Yeah, really great album, but also their new band, Holding Patterns, Also well worth checking out. Mm -hmm. Really, really
3: great stuff. Your number four, please, Theo. Uh, plaids. Yeah. Um, Okay, so being only 29, I obviously never got to see at the drive-in first time Mm round. And I've had to endure an awful lot of people telling me how terrible, terrible this reunion is. I think it's fine. New albums aren't great, but whatever. The Plaid's captured (laughs) the spirit of... Everything that you get told about bands like At the Driver and all that, just a scrappy bunt band playing things with ultra weird rhythms, but you can still pick up the emotion, you can still pick up a sense of a real unique type of songcraft going on in there. And you can listen back to these songs that have no proper titles, they're all just numbers and literally in the order they were written. <laughs> I think they got up to about 36 or something like that. Um hmm. and it, it makes it really hard to remember which ones are actually the bangers, but that means they get by <laughs> they get by just on the songcraft alone and you have to really be a memorable opening little riff to be able to pick out that same moment that you loved again. Um in light hmm. of that, the best plaid song is eight. Cool. Um it, it took me years to work out what that song is about, and it's actually about having a rubbish job, which Oh. <laughs> but it, uh, you, you had to really, you had to really sit and go through the lyrics to work out. <laughs> but yeah, eight by Clads It's some. It falls somewhere in between at the drive-in and the very best bits of the early MCR, and it's just unbelievable. I can't believe. Yes. I can't believe that they're a forgotten band. But there we go. <laughs> um, another band <laughs> that actually threatened a reunion in 2020, and I hope still want to do that.
1: Please hmm. please, hmm. still
3: do your one reunion show to 60 <laughs> people in Norwich or Nottingham.
2: Pods. I'll go to either city. Just let me know.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Chris? Uh, they've been mentioned kind of in passing, and this is one of the ones, probably more than any of the others, that I wondered if I'd get away with, but Beecher. Right. Um,
0: oh, definitely a mathcore band. Yeah, I,
2: I think so. Uh, I've gone Red Diesel mm-hmm. from the first album. Um, which was on a Rock Sound CD as well, actually. That mm. song. Um, also on a Rock Sound CD later on was a track of the second album. It's good it's weather, good for weather black bad leather. Yeah. That album, I think, actually is where I would say it sort of strays into what you were saying earlier about bands starting to go for the "every time I die" southern little thing bit. a little bit. So I preferred the first one mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. So that's why I've gone with Red Diesel
0: lovely stuff uh, mana before this band came up earlier it's throats with fuck life oh. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> yeah this that's that's uh, that's the sound of a thousand moshy memories between me and Theo uh, being being side away um, yeah fucking amazing bands still miss throats um yeah as the mentioned they've got a ton of new projects um between them but uh, and and also you did mention um i don't know if they're involved anymore but ren no not anymore
3: any ren the, have gone instrumental not anymore
0: now. okay fine but, but yeah. um yeah still a st- still a fucking fantastic band i love ren they are very uh, but yeah that throats mini album self-titled Phenomenal, somewhere in between Napalm, Death and Rotten Sound. Mm. It's, it's fucking cracking. Yeah, um, Your number three, please, Theo.
3: Okay, probably the biggest band any of us will mention here, Night Harvest. And it's only mm. their own fault because they just went, no, we want to sound like Oasis now and spent four years doing that before they split up. But right. that first Night Harvest album and everything leading up to it was like, really quite spellbinding watching a band do something quite challenging and quite niche but take it international get proper attention from like the basement and the title fight crowd and it Mm. was really something quite special the song i've gone for is tim helped me get over it uh, which is a, a <laughs> deliberately obtuse choice from a demo rather than the obvious songs, but I think the way that they <laughs> they work samples from The Office into it, it kind of keeps it unmistakably English.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> um,
3: but it's just got that shifty, changey melody and really yeah. emotional and honest lyrics, and it's just they they were such a great band when they were good. And I went to their final yeah. show, and they still dropped in like a few of the. Original bangers, and they—you could That's see cool. in that room that that was really the iconic moment for that
0: band. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, isn't isn't it mad, Chris, that the first time I ever saw Pup was supporting Night Harvest at the Old Blue Last?
2: Is that the one I came to with you?
0: Yeah, yeah. FA Cup final day.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was I was there on, too, man. and I
3: never need to see Pup again because that set was perfect.
2: Oh, it, mate! It true. was it was. I mean, this is a whole other conversation I'm sure we'll have at some point, but <laughs> that show was the exact show I needed at the exact time I needed it. Mm. It was, in, yeah, something yeah. else. Um, you number three, Chris. My number three has also already been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came out like tigers. Lovely. Um, remember Why You Are from ag- Agelessness and lack. Fantastic. Uh, cool. Would be my choice. Uh, what, what an album. Mm. What else can you say? Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Love it. <laughs> Best band for Liverpool. Best band from Liverpool? <laughs> yeah,
1: probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, ju- I'm, be- I'm being
2: facetious. I'd just say,
3: <laughs> if you can track it down, the <laughs> things from before the album are very excellent as well. Um, yeah, I, I,
2: I, I, hadn't, I hadn't ever listened to anything other than the album. I'd listened to the album before um, and knew it fairly well, but I hadn't listened mm-hmm. So I listened to the other stuff in, in sort of prep for this to see if there's anything I preferred, and the, the EP right before it thoughts really there's some real stuff i really enjoyed on that. i can't Ooh.
3: immediately remember the name but there's a song where it kind of it all mm. just about stops and he goes you know i love you don't you you know i love you and i think that's a real great
2: track there's there's a few moments yeah. like that on their songs. So i think that I, yeah that's something that really sticks out about them for me that kind of yeah em- emotional
3: it's quite theatrical voice. vocals yeah <laughs> mm. yeah
0: um, my number three is again probably stretching the definitions of this, but the members of this band went on to rec- uh, to form a melodic hardcore band, so I am counting it. Um, <laughs> it's Renoa with uh,
3: Soul Wins.
2: I mean, I may as well just say it's my number two. Fine, <laughs> uh, but, but I've gone with Past Maidens as the right. As the okay,
3: song. I don't think <laughs> so, anyone yeah, would uh, challenge you with Renoa there, to be honest. Yeah,
0: um, uh, an age among them a. Uh, 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 fucking yeah fantastic album i know we're saying it over and over again here but not much more you can say other than just go fucking check it out because it came out 13 years ago at this point mm-hmm. i still yeah, yeah. Sort of think it sold uh, um stands oh, wow. up as like uh, amongst the bosks of this world as one of the uk's greatest contributions to post metal
2: mm-hmm. yep agreed
0: um we are on your number two please theo
3: Crozan Ra um, needs very little introduction. I was quite heartbroken when I read that Ravagefell had broken up with under 10 songs out. And then (laughs) it really, I don't think there was very long at all. It might not even have been a day before they went, oh yeah, but here's the new band. (laughs) And the moment I clicked play on Eurydice, which is the song that's going in, I just was like, oh no, this is fine. It's just more (laughs) of a focus on that almost unique guitar tone. And the lyrics are quite mangled. It's quite difficult to pick out individual phrases, but I think the way that it gets across so much emotion takes you on this quite intense journey just through rhythms and tones and jagged guitar noise coming at you, but also something quite soft underneath is really incredible.
2: This is this is the one that was in my mentions and I didn't bring up because I knew it would come up. Um, <laughs> but but like it's a weird one for me because that album is one that I've always I've always been fascinated by rather than enjoyed. Mm. I don't know what it is. It's something that just has never properly clicked with me in terms of just enjoyment. Uh, but every time I listen to it, I am completely engrossed and fascinated by it. Mm. So. And I mean, that's something I'd want to achieve with songwriting more than anything else, probably. So, <laughs> ultimate respect to it, even
0: though it's not in my top five. <laughs> um, we'll jump, we'll jump straight to my number two then, because yep. you've already had yours. Um, my number two is off the same EP that Chris mentioned earlier, Tr- "The Treachery Pact" by Eden Main. Nice. It's Ephemera. Um, yeah, um, yeah, great band. Um, as Chris said earlier, um. Really loved Eden Maine. Um, one of the f- no, uh, one of the f- yeah, one of the first gigs I went to was them supporting Dillinger at the Underworld, uh, Kerrang! Competition winners show, um, and yeah, it's really cool.
2: It makes sense that they're up there for you because I think the, the the big feelings I got from that EP were Converge. Oh yeah, Dillinger a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. If that makes
0: yeah. sense. And like sort of um but post rock influences that flourish on the right. album starting to creep in. Yeah. Like they definitely were listening to a lot of radio and Sigur us. Um yeah, you're number one then, Theo, please. Okay. It's Good
3: Time Boys. Lovely. Um so fun, funny little peep behind the curtain for everyone here. I had doubts about this when I walked in to record <laughs> the first half of this episode and Chris was in fact in a Good Time Boys show. <laughs> Right. So,
2: I'm going to just I'm just going to say now, I'm just going to say now that is good time boys are also my number one. And the funny story about that is that I hadn't even thought about them. I hadn't with this line of forgotten until I went to decide what I was going to wear, pulled the first t-shirt out of my drawer and it was that one and I put it on and it was only as I was leaving the flat that I was like Oh, they could go on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Ollie, you gave your
3: little list of shout-outs to UK swell bands. Now, do you mind me asking you, honestly, how often do you go back and listen to those?
0: Um, A fair bit. Like, I'll still uh, crack on a bit of Kerouac every once in a while, a bit of uh, Throats Veils um so, definitely
3: with, um, so if we look at that kind of that era of kerouac pariso the early Svalbard veils i think yeah. an awful lot of that stuff has dated quite badly.
1: and yeah, the fair.
3: only one from this time that has really survived for me is good time boys and the song fair. i'm putting in is harrow and i think it's on the strength of i mean it, they've got such clear obvious songs that they've just survived um, mm. I remember the Tangled tour <laughs> when that came oh to. yeah god what venue did that go into in Islington I couldn't tell you what venue
0: uh, Hope and Anchor was that a
3: Hope and Anchor god they really have reached it venue. was
0: at Hope and Anchor yeah um,
3: and it it really was like just this
0: perfect little hardcore show
3: <laughs> and mm. we all got those it was
0: an amazing night we got those
3: spray painted goodie bags and the Tangled tour logo on little CD from everyone <laughs> um I don't I don't even know what to say beyond just the world class songwriting and the fact that they
2: I'll, I'll just I'll just jump in as well with the fact like what you were saying just now sort of was was kind of um I don't know like hit not hitting a nerve what's the I don't know whatever like basically of all the bands around that time that Ollie was introducing me to and trying to get me to listen to maybe it was because I saw them Live with you supporting funeral for a friend in Kingston. Maybe mm-hmm. I think that was that's when I got that T-shirt, and you like maybe that was the clicking moment. But Good Time Boys were the band out of all of those that for some reason I really latched onto more than the others. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, likewise, still still will go back and listen to and think this. I would like someone to release this still now. Yeah, and I'd still love it. Um, I pick I picked Downpour as my track. Oh, choice, Downpour's phenomenal. Just because... Yeah.
1: That still gets me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, every, everything everything, that they put out, I can still go back and, and genuinely really just enjoy as if it was fresh. And
3: they managed mm. to keep it quite, they managed to keep
2: everything quite fresh and quite
3: special. I think they didn't release as much as a lot of these other bands. No. Um, and so it really felt like an event, especially when they, when they played London for what turned out to be the last time and when they played Fluff, which yeah. was the last time I got to see them. It really, it always felt like an event. Always felt like this really quite important thing was happening in front of you, and I think that
2: yeah, just yeah. is true of them over really the rest of that scene. The the intensity of, of uh, Penny's performances, of, absolutely. I think that's probably what engaged me.
0: When yeah, they saw yeah me. for sure. Um, <clears throat> my number one has also already been mentioned. It's "Let Me Drown" by Beecher. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, shout out from my top two to the Louder Than a Crowd compilation <laughs> that's <laughs> extremely responsible for a lot of my taste. Uh, both of the, both ephemera by Aidan Main and uh, Let Me Drown by Beecher were both on it. Um, yeah, I saw I saw Beecher, a co- um, I think once when they were actually around, but I saw their reunion show at the Borderline right. before that venue closed too, and that was, yeah. that was really cool to to see them and see that they've yeah pretty much still got it mm. great band cool so we move into our shout out section we are a band we are two members of the band our name is my eyes rolled and bent we play a blend of post hardcore and post metal <laughs> we can be found on our facebook twitter and instagram account uh at the handle at m-e-a-o-a-b um this podcast is also brought to you by grim heart promotions which is chris and i wanted to put shows on in London and Surrey so if you're in a band, if you manage a band, if you manage a venue, if you um are mates for a band and want to shout them out, or if you're just interested in cool shows that might be coming up in those areas, uh hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Grimheart Promo. Uh so Theo, musical shout outs first. Um got anything you want to sort of plug? Well it's not necessarily just musical like a good film you've seen? good podcast to listen to recently?
3: Yeah. Good you <laughs> um, bread? I saw The Worst Person in the World recently and it was a really very enjoyable experience. It's in Norwegian with subtitles and it's uh, quite touching. It starts off making you think it's a romance film, but actually it's just a film about being comfortable in your own life and it's, it's just a lovely little <laughs> journey. Go, go see it with your yeah, significant really. other or on your own. It's just lovely.
2: Really keen to see that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, in terms of music, I would say Crowd Control Collective are have dropped the best hip hop EP that I've heard in about seven years. Um, <laughs> listen to that. see them live before it goes massive. Um, just, it's a live show where every member, except for the drummer, took a moment to drop their instrument, do a verse, and jump off stage. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's nice, there we go. I gave I gave the EP a shout-out on the REM episode, so there we go. Thea's given us a shout-out for their live <laughs> show because I've not been able to do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and on the uh, heavy yep. on the heavier side slightly is a band called Enola Gay from Ireland. Um Okay. They are I describe them as a cocktail between refused idols and rage against the machine, and I think I would stand okay. by that, but with a heavy Irish accent. And hmm. it's sweet, yeah. It's really, really exciting and vital sounding music about you know the, the struggles of living in the streets of Ireland. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, nice. cool, cool. Um, so, our, our, on our last episode, we had a little um sort of tribute to Taylor Hawkins, but mm. what we, what we did mention, um, is a band who came up earlier actually, uh, Talons. Um, sadly, lost their um, violinist Sam Little, um, who uh, passed away, and um, yeah, just immensely sad. What a, a, an amazing band! Mm. Sort of, if you think of Godspeed You Black Emperor meets um, Deaf Heaven, but with no vocals. Brilliant stuff, um, and uh, new demographics. Their uh, final full length, um, what probably yeah will will be their final full length is. Just a phenomenal record. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So shout out for them. Shout out to my sister. <laughs> um, she's just sprogged my gorgeous little nephew who I uh, went to see at the weekend. So He's doing really well, which is awesome. And um, another film shout out. I saw Promising Young Woman the other day the Kerry Mulligan film that was out mm. during lockdown and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. So yeah, if you haven't caught up with that
2: one yet, I would highly recommend. Nice. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, now I still haven't worked out actually how you're supposed to say their band name. It's either FES or FES or Fez. I don't know. Uh, but they are, uh, uh, they're, again, I should have written it down. They're from Midlands or further North mm-hmm. somewhere. That is north of London. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> remember where. Um, but as uh, so I really sorry about that. They've just signed. They've signed with uh, Small Pond uh, to release their album, which is coming out twenty ninth of April, called With Regards from Home. I think there's three singles out from it so far, um, and each one they've put out seems to just be getting better and better. So I'm really excited to hear the album. Cool. Um, kind of mathy, emoey indie fun. Okay. It's the best thing I could think of to describe that. Really. How do you spell it? Um, uh, it's just F E S. Oh, okay. Uh, and then um, one that I just listened to today and uh, felt like I'd give a shout out to uh, is Italian post metal band Messa. Okay. Um, well, post metal, more doom. Doom, I'd say, is more the the overarching thing. Um, their new album called Clo- Close or Close. Um, Came out eleventh of March and Spark Records. Um, annoyingly, they uh, they seem to be put off as many people would be from coming over here to play. It's all Italian and EU shows at the moment, but no. uh, the, yeah, that album it's it's sort of very kind of traditional doom metal in a lot of places, kind of Sabbathy and that kind of stuff. But then you've got just this incredible uh, vocal from the front woman and mixing like mediterranean and north african melodies into the instrumentation and things every now and then and stuff uh, a bit of jazz elements going on every cool. now and then it's, it's my bag yeah sweet. it's very good
0: lovely um theo where can people find you on the internets please
3: so i do promotions as real life presents that's real.life.presents on instagram if you want to come to some fun shows from Across quite a lot of doors in southeast <laughs> London. I believe we have some trap metal on Saturday, a lovely Screamo show next Wednesday, and then two cool Doomy hardcore shows in May. So that should give you an That's idea sweet. of the variety we've got going on. Um, yeah. My band. Chris is,
0: and I are coming to said Screamo show.
3: Please do. I think you probably like Vagina Witchcraft on May 14th as well. That's a kind of Doomy hardcore band from Canada with support from cult and at least three other bands. Um, Wicked And my band is called Grey Market We're on all the things Instagram and Bandcamp (laughs) and Facebook And we sound like A cross between Rival Mob And Art Brutes We do kind of fun, arty post-punk With proper Boston breakdowns (laughs) Yeah
2: I've got uh... got to give props here at this point To uh, seeing uh, Theo with Grey Market Support Lice Uh, Was that Shacklewell Arms? It was was indeed um and uh i had to say to him straight away afterwards i had to go and find him and just say well well done for putting a trash talk cover in the middle of that (laughs) no one saw it coming most people there didn't have a clue what was going on and i was Uh just there with a grin on my face going oh you bloody legend (laughs) (laughs) yes we we do
3: sometimes do a trash talk cover and it's a lot of fun yeah
0: (laughs) excellent so um we can we as a podcast can be found on twitter at bbts underscore pod um unfortunately didn't get any uh listener comments this week about Role, which is a shame but uh to, to shout out but um get your act together get your act together Come on, Come guys. Follow us and uh <laughs>
1: and
0: um and uh, provide your uh, comments about our next band uh, but uh, before that, um, my personal Twitter is at o w l i e x c o r e and Chris, you are on
2: at c m Grumps. So
0: our next episode is just going to be Chris and I, and we're going very. It's yeah, no, it's not the most old school we've, we've done no. uh, because we've done the Beatles, but we are going punk for the first time. Arguably. Amazingly, amazingly, yeah. I know. Uh, so and, and this is Chris's birthday treat podcast. Uh we are do it we are ranking the albums of the Clash. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it involves us listening to a double and a triple album. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> so join us in a couple of weeks for that. Uh thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for joining us, Theo. It's been an absolute pleasure no to have worries. you on. It's been
3: great doing this. Thanks for having me
0: fantastic and um, oh I uh, hope you enjoyed the Less Than Jake gig, uh, show the other night
3: yeah it was actually the best time I've seen them which is surprising because you think Wonderful. they'd be the same every time but there we go
0: <laughs> But uh, well no and especially like what nearly 30 years into in, in their career if not more yeah exactly I
3: think I actually saw Chris put up on his um, Instagram that, that it was his favourite time playing London too so that's really quite Amazing. impressive for a band that age
0: yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely cool Well, uh, yeah, join us next time for The Clash. Um, Take care, everybody. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.